Welcome to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week's guest is Nate. Nate is the current owner and operator of MuganMonkey.com, who you probably recognize as the uh, kind of number one site for making builds for various Dark Souls games. Um, I got him on the show to talk about Mugen Monkey and, as a, of course, to talk about his experience with the Souls games, and I think we had a really good conversation, and I think you'll enjoy it. Remember, if you want to be on the podcast, send me a DM to at DGUSpodcast or an email to DGUSpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, and enjoy the episode. life how are you doing everything's cool yeah uh life is good um glad it's the weekend uh actually take some time to play some video games or something so i know right i was uh i spent all morning editing my other podcast and then mm-hmm. uh, releasing that that's why i was running a little bit late this morning and i apologize about that no worries. finish up the like eight tweets it takes to release an episode on a podcast nowadays <laughs> um and then but yeah as soon as we're done here i'm looking forward to like digging into some games what have you oh, been yeah. playing lately Mm, well, I just finished another playthrough of Dark Souls 3. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, did a Pyromancer build this time. Finally got the uh, Usurpation of Fire ending. So nice. That's cool. um, I did, I did that one on my, my first run. So oh, nice. I was pretty happy with it. <clears throat> I, I, only I was... Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well, I was shooting for that on my first run, but I thought that that was tied into summoning the Firekeeper. So I summoned the Firekeeper and didn't get the Usurpation of Fire. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. That's a bummer. I like the um, I like the Usurpation ending. Like I like the, the kind of stylized look of it and everything. Like it looks yeah, cool. Yeah. It I wish there was. Really I cool. wish there was more to it. Like I want there to be like an eight minute ending. Like I know Dark Souls <laughs> doesn't do that, but I wanted like something more involved. I guess. I'll never happen. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in Dark Souls Eight when uh, Platinum Maybe. takes over the franchise. <laughs> Platinum Dark Souls, that would be quite a thing. That would be an interesting thing, right? I'm mm-hmm. I'm kinda I'm kinda hesitant. I don't I'm I know a lot of people love like all platinum games, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm I don't have a particular affinity for them. And right. the fact that they're taking over near for the next release kinda worries me. So oh, I hadn't I hadn't even heard of that. Yeah. Um they're the near sequel, near Automa or Automata something. I can't Automata? Is that Automata? Yeah, that sounds that sounds good. Um <laughs> sounds all right. Yeah, but uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how that's gonna play out. So it'll be interesting. What was your uh, first playthrough of Dark Souls Three? If you did a Pyromancer this way around, this go around. Uh, first playthrough, great sword. Like I love really big weapons in Souls games. I just like get the biggest. So like my plan before I started playing was uh, I'm gonna find the biggest weapon I can find. Every time I find a bigger weapon, I'm going to switch to it. Um, <laughs> that's until a great. I got, until I got the great sword and. So the Dark Souls 2 Greatsword was, like, my favorite weapon in that game. So I was really excited when I got it. Ultimately, I was a little disappointed with it. Like, didn't like the moveset quite as much. But it was still fun. Um, I do miss that Dark Souls 2 golf swing, though. Oh, man, that was so good, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, man. Tell me, um, like... Where did you start out with the Soul series? Did you start all the way back with Demons, or did you jump into later towards the series? Uh, so, one of my biggest regrets, I still have not played Demon Souls, um, unfortunately. Uh, so, my first 
foray into the series was Dark Souls 1. Um, but yeah, I definitely plan to go back to Demon Souls soon. Uh, just waiting for... Uh, like, I, I don't want to get too tired of the series, essentially. Like, if I overdo it, like, oh, I played Dark Souls 3 and then I'm going to spend 100 hours on Demon Souls. I want to like actually enjoy Demon Souls when I had a little bit of a break. Um, but yeah, Dark Souls 1 was my first experience. It was your first game. Yeah. Yeah. Don't feel too bad about not playing Demons. I know a lot of people that um, just because they got to the series late and it's locked onto the PS3, so it's difficult. You know, some people, a lot of people just don't have a PS3 or never had one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my problem. I don't have a PS3, so. Yeah, you're kind of, like, I know my buddy, the Lore Hunter, he just went out and, like, borrowed someone's PS3 and mm-hmm. had just for Demon Souls. And nice. my, buddy, my buddy Cliff did, too. Like, he had someone, uh, one of our listeners, like, mail him a PS3 <laughs> to borrow. <laughs> <laughs> Going to ridiculous links to play these games. Awesome. But yeah, I, I, I get kind of worried about burning out on them because um, I, yeah. you know, I play I play them so much. Like I, I kind of make myself take breaks to play other games mm-hmm. just so I don't, you know, get tired of them. Yeah, exactly. I feel the same way. So you started with Dark Souls One, then? Yes. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it was kind of a. I don't know. So my my roommate at the time had bought the game, and I I'd kind of seen it around. We he got it when it came out on PC. Um, and it had always looked kind of interesting to me, but I just never picked it up. Uh, so I remember watching him play it and that was always really interesting. Um, specifically, I remember two things that really stood out to me while I was just like sitting there watching him. One, I think I, he was in the, the tar pit in Sen's Fortress fighting like the Titanite demons. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking like that enemy design was one of the coolest things I'd ever seen. And one of the weirdest (laughs) things. Like that is very strange. Um, and then the other thing that just like stood out to me as kind of weird and interesting was he was playing and I asked him like, why did you turn the music off? Um, and he's like, uh, well, there is really no music in like 95% of this game. And that just like, I don't know why, but that was just really weird at first because, mm-hmm. you know, every game has ambient music like everywhere. So the idea of a game that's just like, no, it's just going to be like the sounds of the world was like really interesting to me. Um, so yeah, that convinced me to buy the game and play it. Uh, and Dark Souls has some like really creepy ambient effects. Like it's not music mm-hmm. at all, but like if you crank up the volume in Undead and the Undead Berg, like you can hear like weird breathing and like hissing stuff yes. happening. Like it's, <laughs> it's really, if you're playing with headphones and have them cranked up, like it's really mm-hmm. like not disorienting. What's the word I'm looking for? Like disturbing. Like it's like, what? Yes. <laughs> it's kind of creepy sounding. <clears throat> what is it like the archives? There's like whispering in the background, just all sorts of strange stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. Uh, Man, I love Dark Souls one so much. It's yeah. <laughs> great. Did you have a um, a lot of difficulty with the game? Like a lot of people that come on the show um, usually like pick up their first Souls game and then like 45 minutes later put it down. <laughs> yes. Uh, I kind of had an experience like that. So, Obviously, classic move, I tried to go through the graveyard and fight the skeletons, uh, which was miserable, until luckily my roommate came and saw me. He's like, no, dude, you're go the other direction. Uh, you're not going to be able to beat those things. So that was like 45 minutes of fighting those guys. Um, and then I just like beat my head against the Taurus Demon for hours. Uh, I was really bad at the game. <laughs> um, and at that point, I honestly was not having any fun, because... Like I had to like fight my way back to the Taurus demon, and I at the time I didn't know like oh just run past the enemies. I thought I had to actually fight them every time, and that resulted in multiple deaths. And so yeah, it was multiple hours of trying to fight the Taurus demon, um, 
And then actually what happened is I was getting really frustrated and one morning I accidentally deleted my save. I don't know how that happened, but it was like seven or eight hours and I was really mad. I was like, okay, I'm, <clears throat> I'm finished with this game. I'm going to uninstall it. But then I said, you know, maybe I'll give it one more shot. And that's honestly what hooked me was like going through that, like the undead Berg a second time. And was like, oh, actually now this is easy. Now I sort of know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I beat the Taurus Demon on like my second try. It's like, okay, now I might actually be into this game. Um, and then, you know, <laughs> rest is history. I, I think actually when I got to Andre was when I really, really got hooked because of the amount of, like, options and what to do. So I remember, like, oh, I can go down the stairs. There's this really weird Titanite demon. Uh, I can go out the hallway here, and there's this, like, weird onion guy sitting next to this closed gate. Uh, or I can go back this other way and there's this like weird sorcerer thing doing a dance and um, I don't know. There's, you know, there's like four or five different things you can do at that point, And uh, that just really kind of pulled me in. Yeah. That sorcerer on my first playthrough, it scared me so much that um, I just assumed it was supposed to be a late part of the game. And uh, I went all the way through um, and rang the second bell first before coming back. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then of course, you know, you go into the gargoyles at like level probably 40 or 50 and just like kill them the first try. I'm like, just why do people say them. this is a hard boss? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> That's awesome. What kind of a, uh, games were you playing before when you picked up dark souls like were you heavy into rpgs at the time or playing more action Mm. games trying to think what i was specifically playing at that time like i can't remember any exact games like i kind of play a little bit of everything um but i i kind of had the classic problem with dark souls where once i played it it was hard to go back to other games for a while (laughs) you got that Uh, soulsitis disease yeah (laughs) yes uh, it, it, it hits us all, man. I don't worry. Like the, I tried to play Skyrim after playing Dark Souls uh, for the first time, and I was like, as soon as I got into a combat situation, I was like, this is garbage. I never want to play it again. <laughs> like I didn't even yeah. give that game a shot, and still haven't. Like it's yeah, but combat is just uh, it's it's really hard to go to other games without like the level of uh, like excellent combat that Souls has. It, it really, especially games that try to um, kind of mimic that that mm-hmm. combat style, but doesn't quite get to it. Like I just can't put up with that at all. It needs to be completely different for me to be able to get away from it. Yeah, exactly. What um like from there? You you're playing this on PC. Like what what? Mm-hmm. How late into the game's life were you playing Dark Souls One? Like as it came out, or um, let's see. So I think I played it a couple of months after it came out on PC. So that would have been. What, the end of year. 2012 yeah. or 2013, and early 2013, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was interesting because that was also at the point in the Dark Souls 1 PC life where the online was absolutely completely broken. Um, it was almost impossible to summon anybody or invade. Like, uh, I mean, you could go to a couple of areas and get fairly common invasions, but like, it was really hard to summon. Like, You could put your summon sign down and maybe 45 minutes later you might get brought into somebody's world and that was an interesting experience and like i'm not gonna say that was good like that that was a good thing but it almost sort of like contributed to the feel of the world for me mm-hmm. in the sense that it was just dead and empty and the occasional time when you found some other person it like felt really special like even more so than like oh dark souls 3 there's a million summon signs everywhere uh the world feels a lot more alive which in Dark Souls 1, I don't know, it just kind of felt like it fit the theme for me. Um, yeah. 
I was being kind of lonely, not having it, not having anybody to support you. Yeah. And then, and then the one, you know, the few times where I was able to summon somebody or get summoned, like it felt really cool. Uh, and you know, like I'm glad that they patched a lot of that so that it works a lot better now, but it was interesting as a first experience in that world. Um, yeah. Games for windows live was just such a trash uh, platform to put on. That was horrible. Yeah. It was so bad. That that whole port was just an absolute disaster, but I sure I'm glad they did it. Otherwise, I probably would have never gotten into the series. Yeah, and it it, it created um, I think it created a, a, a huge life. What am I trying to say? It, I mean, I, th- I think it extended the life of that game quite mm-hmm. a bit. Like, yeah. I think if we hadn't had a PC version, um, like you wouldn't have kind of the data mining, and you wouldn't have the weird mods. You mm-hmm. wouldn't have like, and I very specifically think that you wouldn't have seen the community rise up as much as you as you did at that time like yeah too. Um, definitely it, it, that pc version was super important it kind of blows my mind that they did it based on an internet petition like yeah. it's the one time those things actually worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's unbelievable that actually worked well i mean sort of worked because they just kind of threw something together in an afternoon and put it on pc but <laughs> it all ended up fine in the end yeah for real so at that point, like uh, when you finished the game, were you did you kind of immediately go back into it, or did you kind of put it down for a while? Uh, so I, I got back into it a little bit, um, and then I was like, oh, I'm going to play some other games. I don't even remember what. There's there was something that came out that I was interested in, and I played that for a while, and then I was like, I just want to go play some more Dark Souls. Um, so I did, <laughs> and like I don't know, played a whole bunch of different characters, went through New Game Plus a few times. Um, and yeah, like I just kept coming back to it. Like other games just weren't interesting anymore. God, I know. Man, At that's least for the, a while. It's the best and worst thing about getting into Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like having <laughs> having such good games and like really getting into them and appreciating them and then realizing they've ruined you for all of the games. <laughs> <clears throat> how, um, like how much did you get into the hype for Dark Souls 2 as it was coming out? Because I think that was the following year, if I've got mm-hmm. the years right. Like yeah. when they announced it, um, were you kind of following everything along with it? Let's see, I think when they announced it, I hadn't actually played Dark Souls 1 yet, or, like, I owned it but hadn't started it or something, so, like, I wasn't into the hype at that point. Um, Once I finally got through Dark Souls, uh, I came back to, like, the Dark Souls 2 news and got excited and everything, and um, unfortunately, once again, I play on PC, so that kind of sucked. I had to wait the extra, what was it, like, three or four weeks for the PC version to come out. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, once I had finished Dark Souls 1, I was pretty excited about Dark Souls 2. As someone who played Dark Souls 2 at launch on a console, you were better off waiting that three or four weeks. <laughs> What's uh, that? Unpatched Shrine of Amana? Um, well, that was fine, but the, uh, because oh, okay. I didn't, yeah, I, I was never too bad on the Shrine of Amana, but, uh, mm-hmm. the, just the game ran so poorly on 360. Oh, like, really? It was, oh, yeah. There was significant, like, frame rate dips, and there was some, mm-hmm. some, like the resolution wasn't great. Like Majula looked all right, but like if you would get to somewhere with any kind of shadows, the shadows just looked god awful. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was not a great looking game. And then when it started coming out on PC, and I started seeing videos from people there, I was like, well, shit, that looks so good. <laughs> I need to build a PC. <laughs> <laughs> it looked really good on PC, playing at that at uh, 60 FPS, like 1440p, really nice. Yeah, going back to the. Uh, ps4 version when the uh, scholar edition came out i picked it up Mm -hmm. on ps4 and wow what a difference like that game just yeah yeah dark souls 2 is such a it's such a good game like it's and it's weird that it's like a very solid entry in the series that's like Mm -hmm. so controversial for the fans like people just love to hate on dark souls 2 (laughs) yeah it's interesting like i i really enjoyed dark souls 2 as well um 
I mean, and I can also see, I can understand a lot of the complaints people have about it, uh, if not the extremes that some people go um, in hating it, like calling it the death of the soul series or whatever people say sometimes, <laughs> I think is a little bit extreme. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoy Dark Souls too. Yeah, same here. When um, so one of the reasons I brought you on the podcast mm-hmm. for the listeners out there is that you are running and maintaining the MuganMonkey.com site, which is a mm-hmm. build planning website. And I'm I'm pretty sure you weren't the original person yeah. that did that. But when did yeah. you when did you take that over for? Uh, or can yeah. you kind of just start the history on that for me? Sure. Yeah. So the site was started by uh, Nemesis Monkey. Um, I think in 2012, uh, when Dark Souls One was really popular, like at its height. Uh, and you know, he made the best character planner for that game, got really popular. Everybody loved it. Um, all the PVPers, everybody used it. Uh, and then in 2014, so this was after dark souls two had come out. Uh, he posted on Reddit and said that he was no longer really in a position to maintain the website, pay for the hosting, keep it up and going. Um, and that if anybody was interested in, Running at that, running it at that point, uh, he'd be happy to pass it over. So I was like, "Hey, I'm a web developer, and I can totally take it over for you." Uh, I was actually at that point, I'd been kind of interested in thinking up different ideas. I kind of wanted to run some sort of site for Souls, both as just like, "Oh, I want to practice my web development skills," and I love the Souls community. I want to kind of have something fun that I can do with them. Um, so that was just a perfect opportunity. Uh, so he handed it over to me. Um, and, uh, since then I, like, I, I put together the, the Dark Souls 2 planner, um, as well as the, the Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3 planners. Uh, and then the Demon Souls planner was actually made, uh, by a guy who goes by Nighthawk on Reddit, who just sent me a message. He's like, Hey, I made a Demon Souls planner and it was really good. And he's like, Hey, do you want to put it on Muga Monkey? Um, so said, yeah, of course. And I just really like the fact that now the site has all the games in the series up there. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think I've got all player. of my, my main builds on saved on Mugen Monkey. So oh, nice. <laughs> from all the games. Yeah. Awesome. I, I remember when that started coming out uh, originally, like that was such a boon, like to, mm-hmm. to people that were in the community, like being able to say like, cause that was the big thing. Like you put a video up on YouTube and they everyone immediately, what's your build? What's your, what's your build? And so just being able to have that like easy link and that was always saved and always public was mm-hmm. super, super handy. Oh yeah. How Absolutely. much, like how, how much time would it take say for dark souls too? like the amount of weapons and infusions and interactions and weird gear that increases stats? Like how long, like, is that just a one, like an item by item basis? Like, are you just going through and like just doing that one by one? Like that has to take forever, right? Yeah. So dark souls two was definitely the most difficult of the, like out of the three planners that I made dark souls two bloodborne and dark souls three was the most difficult one partially because it has the most equipment out of any of the games partially because I was like brand new to creating these things. So I was like trying to figure out, okay, what's the best way to actually code this and, and organize this code in a way that makes sense. And, uh, and then, yeah, also all those things like, Oh, here is a piece of armor that affects this stat. And like, you can have four rings equipped and they can affect any number of other stats. And, um, just dealing with all of that was, was pretty difficult. So trying to figure it out, it was, so your question on whether it was like an item by item basis, um, kind of yes and kind of no. So like with rings, for example, um, I would, you know, input like, okay, this is the ring. 
Uh, and then I've got a setup where <clears throat> I can indicate that this ring affects this stat by this amount. Um, and then, uh, then the code just picks that up and says, okay, I need to change this stat by that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it is entering everything one by one, but, uh, I tried to get a system in place that like, I don't have to sort of write specific code for every single item that it just has gotcha. data associated with it, that it knows how to handle. So every item like has a set of attributes and you can just say mm -hmm. like, okay, this is going to affect this and this is going to affect that. And then, yeah. there. so you don't have to recreate that manually every single time. Yeah, correct. Okay. Very cool. That's, that's, that's a, that's a really neat thing. Like, and I can only imagine how much time you put into that. Did you ever like, come up with like some uh, weird bugs or anything like that? you just were kind of impossible to track down? Yeah, there's been some weird ones that uh, honestly, the, most annoying thing to code for both the Dark Souls 2 and Dark Souls 3 planners were the rings that affect your levelable stats. So, uh, like, in Dark Souls 3, you've got the Knight's Ring that gives you, what, like, plus 5 strength. Mm -hmm. uh, those things are very difficult with the at least the setup that I have to actually code. Um, and the main reason is they've got to change your... Like, they, it's got to change strength, but it doesn't change your soul level... Um, so I have to deal with all these conditionals like, okay, what do I actually save when it saves to the database on the server? How do I actually initialize it so that uh, the strength affects the correct things? But then when you take it off, uh, oh, and other problems where like you change a class, but you've got that ring on and then you unequip the ring. Um, how do you deal with that? If unequipping the ring would take you below the like base level for that class and uh, just a lot of annoying things like that. Um, hmm. How has the uh, the feedback from the general public been? Like, I don't I don't know if you. I'm sure you have like a. I know you have a Twitter, obviously, because that's where mm -hmm. I talk to you from. But like, I don't know if that's linked to the website. But like, do you get responses from people like, no, this is wrong, and like have to spend <laughs> five or ten minutes like trying to track it down and see if it is actually wrong or not? Like, what's your? <laughs> is there a feedback system in place? And if so, like, has it been bothersome to to hear about? I can only imagine like the general public being just obnoxious with that stuff. Actually, the general public has been really great since <laughs> I've run the site. Like, I very rarely have run into anybody who is annoying or just out of touch with anything. Like everybody's really nice. Um, there's been, so I actually like, I appreciate it when people tell me that things are wrong because otherwise like, I just won't know about it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I haven't really had any problems in terms of like feedback, like people either tell me on Twitter or Reddit. I've also got a, uh, like a Google form for bug reports, uh, at least for specifically dark souls three that people have been submitting, reports for um and that's been really good because i've been able to find a lot of bugs that way uh but yeah people are pretty good good deal so you haven't had too much trouble then no i mean like i've stayed off 4chan stuff like that on there there's probably a little bit more trouble <laughs> but uh yeah i don't i don't ever go to 4chan man i barely no. even read it like i'm not much of a reddit guy either so right <laughs> 4chan is way out of my, my orbit yes yes <laughs> don't blame me on that one at all how does um like so in the situation where like in Dark Souls 3 like it comes out and it's a new game and you you know for a fact like you're going to be building a planner for it are you did you play the game through the first time and just without even thinking about that stuff or were you taking notes and to eventually build that planner out or how did how did that affect your first time playing the game uh well my plan was I wanted to just play through the game first before worrying about it like I didn't want to be spoiled by like weapon names or uh, armor or anything like that. I also just wanted to enjoy the game without having to worry about it. 
Uh, and that worked for about like halfway through the game, at which point <laughs> I was like, oh, I really want to make this thing. Um, I've got a lot of people asking for it. And so I kind of started building it out. Um, I kind of skipped the the weapons and the armor and everything at first, just like, oh, great, I'm going to make the layout, the basic stats, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then my brother actually helped me. He inputted all of the info for uh, all of the armor in the game. Um, so that was really helpful because he, he beat the game before I did because uh, I'm really slow. Um, but yeah, so by the time I beat the game, I had mostly finished the, the planner. Uh, and then I just had a few things to, to tweak and get working um, before I released the first version. Cool. That's man. That's getting halfway through do Dark Souls three, and they've been like, "Oh, I, now I got to do this web development project." <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fun. Like, I, I enjoy wor- uh, I enjoy working on them. So like, it wasn't a negative thing. But yeah, like, just kind of had that itch. Like, oh, I need to do this, and um, so. I'm going to kind of bounce around a little bit and because uh, mm-hmm. I'm a terrible interviewer and very amateur. <laughs> no, but, no uh, you're good. You, uh, you, you sound like you're more, you're more or less a, a PC gamer. Um, mm-hmm. Did you pick up a PS4 specifically for Bloodborne uh, or did you? <laughs> yeah, I pretty much got a PS4 for Bloodborne. Um, <laughs> I love how Bloodborne is basically like a $500 game for a lot yeah. of people. <laughs> like, yep. It's my $500 uh, Bloodborne machine. So. <laughs> Uh, it was worth it. Like I, I have no regrets about that. But uh... yeah, Bloodborne's great, right? Like, did you go in kind of unspoiled with the the mid game twist, or did you see that coming? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I, I had no idea that like, oh, actually, this is all Lovecraftian, not just gothic horror. Um, that was a really interesting twist. Like, I, I kind of saw it coming as I was playing, as you were like reading item descriptions and stuff, um, uh, and various things talking about like oh the great ones and everything it's like hmm there's there's more going on here than just you know zombies and or vampires and werewolves and stuff uh so but yeah i really enjoyed that twist uh and the way that they kept that a secret you know in the entire like uh promotion for the game leading up to it like oh actually by the way there's aliens and lovecraftian monsters and all this (laughs) stuff yeah, Sony did a, a very impressive job with the advertising, the marketing of the game. Mm-hmm. Like you just, you just, you saw some of that stuff in like trailers. Like you could see a Breedus in a trailer, but like mm-hmm. it, it was never like, here's the first four hours of the game <laughs> or anything <laughs> like that. Like for anybody to play and put on YouTube, it wasn't any mm-hmm. of that garbage. Which yeah, I, yeah, that was great. Yeah, I, I really appreciated. What was your first playthrough on Bloodborne? Like, there's not very many. There's not a whole lot of build variety in Bloodborne, mm-hmm. but there is some. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to remember. I think I. I started with the Kirk Hammer. Once again, I like big weapons, uh, big heavy weapons. And I enjoyed that weapon, uh, had a few problems with it. So I think I switched to Ludwig's Holy Blade um, and played that for the, the rest of my first playthrough. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, unfortunately, that game does have less build variety, but uh, the weapons are the best they've ever been, so... Uh, yeah, I keep. Um, I've, I've mentioned this before, but like the when I started Dark Souls three, it was after a kind of a return to Bloodborne, where I'd been mm-hmm. helping a lot of people through the DLC and Chalice Dungeons and that kind of thing. And starting up with Dark Souls three and picking up those weapons, like immediately trying to hit L one to transform them and like yeah. do weird combos, <laughs> and it wasn't there. And I'm not saying that that makes Dark Souls three bad. Just like that, man, the weapons in Bloodborne just are crazy complicated and interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely miss that in Dark Souls 3 as well. Like, the, the weapon arts are great, too. Well, 
I don't know. I have mixed feelings about the weapon arts, but yeah, the the transforming weapons are are pretty amazing. My issue with the weapon arts is that, um, and and I think this is just the nature of game development. You probably lay this at just about any game. Like a mm-hmm. lot of them are very samey, mm-hmm. and and the ones that aren't the the same as each other like kind of seem not useful. Yeah, <laughs> like. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that's like, and I, I don't, I don't want to get into a poise issue, but like increases poise during casting. Like, and I'm like, okay, like sure, <laughs> you know, what I'm, or like the weapon art for the great scythe, like should be way more useful than it actually is. Like, it mm-hmm. sounds really cool that you scrape the back of the neck with the scythe, and um, but like that does very little damage to yeah. anybody, as far as I can tell. It's really weird. Like, they, like I, I can understand they wanted to balance them so that your weapon arts aren't too powerful, but it, yeah, it seems like the majority of them are just not particularly useful. I found myself like very rarely using weapon arts. Yeah, I. And I guess that they're they're apparently pretty like the only time I've really used them it was in the swamp because somebody told me um, and I think this was pretty common at the time that you could use that dagger weapon art yes. to quickly get through there yeah um, that must have been like published somewhere because everybody knew about that like right as the game started so. <laughs> I wonder where that came from I don't know but yeah yeah that was the only way to get through the swamp uh, no no what was it rusted iron ring is that the one in Dark Souls no. one. That was the one in Dark Souls one, yeah. Mm. No rusted iron wing, unfortunately. Yeah, which is still, but still one of my favorite rings, just for that, just to be able to run around in Blight Town. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How much when you play through these games? Like, how much are you consulting wikis or like going online and talking to friends or anything like that? Like, because there's there's kind of like a the player base is kind of split between people who are like, I'm going to play 100 percent blind. I'm going to mm-hmm. you know shutter all my windows and turn off all the lights and not talk to anybody for four <laughs> days. And then there's people that are like like knew about the in boss like before they even picked up a controller. Like, mm-hmm. where, where do you fall on that scale? I, I try to avoid spoilers. Like. As a person, generally speaking, like I'm not too spoiler sensitive for most things, except for like the Souls series. Uh, so I tried to go into them without any spoilers when possible. Um, so as I was playing through, for example, like Dark Souls three, wasn't looking at any wikis, uh, was trying to avoid forums, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I was playing through it with, uh, like, in conjunction with my brother, and so we would talk through things as we played. But I wasn't really talking to anybody else online about it until I beat it. Um, and that's, that's just kind of, kind of what I prefer just, um, for these games specifically, like, uh, generally, yeah, like I said, I don't really care about spoilers, but, um, and that, that runs into a couple of funny things where with Dark Souls 3, like you, you're going to run into some accidental spoilers. Like it's kind of hard to avoid that unless you literally don't go on the internet for months. Yeah. Um, and I remember somebody saying, uh, in some comment or something, like I guess the release trailer for Dark Souls Three showed the Nameless King, and if mm-hmm. you watch that and you don't know what it is, you like it's really quick. You it kind of looks like it's Gwyn, um, like riding a dragon. So I saw a comment somewhere where somebody said like, "Oh, like there's Gwyn riding a dragon in this game." Um, like, okay, that's <laughs> that's interesting. So the which ended up not game, being far from the truth. <laughs> yeah, I guess I mean it is not far from the truth. True, like actually, what it ended up being was more interesting than if it had just been Gwen, in my opinion. But I went through that whole game expecting like the last boss to be Gwen or for him to show up somewhere. And then I beat the Soul of Cinder, and I actually beat the Soul of Cinder before I went to uh, uh, Arch Dragon Peak. Um, so I was like, oh, where there's no Gwen in this game. That's interesting. <laughs> Because that person was lying. (laughs) 
Yeah, they um they had a trailer. I think it must have been the release trailer. Um, and I saw it, and I was really trying my best. I had been spoiled on like Firelink and Andre, mm-hmm. and um, I hadn't been spoiled on the big Anorlando reveal, which I was thankful oh, yeah. for. Uh, that mm-hmm. came later in the game. But I was watching. Uh, I was just kind of browsing through Twitch, trying to find like something dumb to watch while I was eating a sandwich or something. And then the <laughs> ad before the stream was the Dark Souls Three release trailer, and like. Yeah, like a dude riding a dragon throwing lightning bolts at you. And I was like, well, fuck, like what? <laughs> that sucks. Why did you show me this, Twitch? This was uh, the worst. Yeah. That release trailer showed up like most of the bosses in the game. It's kind of crazy. I know. I mean, and like, I, and I get it, right? Like they're trying to build hype for their game. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's, to me, that's not the way to go. No, no, definitely not. So, so did you, uh, did you miss like Archer Dragon Peak entirely? Or uh, did you kind of know it was there and we're just waiting for later until you actually beat the game? Uh, so I suspected that it was there. Like, um, I give, I don't know. It was pretty obvious that there was something because you could see, you could see it off in the distance. And then where you go in, uh, what, what was it? The, the dungeon where mm-hmm. you see the, uh, the statue of the dragon, you get the dragon torso stone. Um, and then there was like 50,000 messages surrounding it that are like, Oh, Hint, try, like, try gesture, and, like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I probably am supposed to use a gesture here, and then once I got the actual gesture, I was like, okay, I bet I have to go back there and use it, and I'll find a new area, uh, but I I had, uh, I think I asked my brother, like, oh, does the game go immediately into New Game Plus when you beat the final boss, and he said no, so I was like, I just really want to beat the final boss, and then I'll do this optional area later. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I had the same thing where I found a message on the ground that said "try gesture," and I literally tried every <laughs> single gesture that yeah. I had in my inventory, and none of them worked. Of them worked. <laughs> like, I was oh, like, "I'm sitting same. down, just like those people are. What's wrong?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I did the same thing. But yeah, once I got the actual path of the dragon gesture, I was like, oh, "Okay, I get it now." Yeah, now this makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I missed. I didn't. Somebody told me like, "Hey, go look around the the." The boss area of the catacombs, and you might find something. And uh, mm-hmm. I never even clocked that I was uh, supposed to cut down the bridge and climb down there. I just literally mm-hmm. like fell down there. I just happened to have spook on, <laughs> so I survived oh, the fall. <laughs> I just thought that that was what you had to do. <laughs> it was like, you know, several hours and way later in the game before somebody told me, "Yeah, the, you just went down the bridge, right?" And I'm like, "You went down the what?" <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I like Dark Souls 3 a lot. Like, that game is, is super fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do as well. Um, I, I agree with the complaints that it's starting to feel pretty samey or, like, formulaic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think I can dislike one of these games. Uh, I, I don't think it's in me. Um. <laughs> I, under- I understand completely. <laughs> like, I'm at that situation now where I don't particularly want a Dark Souls 4, but I would be, yeah. like, physically yeah. unable to restrain myself from buying Dark Souls 4 and playing. <laughs> exactly. And then subsequently complaining on the internet about it if it wasn't as good. <laughs> <laughs> I've probably got it. I, they'll probably have me until at least Dark Souls 6, and then mm-hmm. I'll probably be like, okay, I'm done. I can't. Dark Souls 7, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm still just hoping for that sci-fi Souls uh, I think that might happen. What with the new projects they're working on? Yeah, yeah, that that could be something. I th- I'd love to see them take on like a or kind of take that Armored Core series and then mm-hmm. have that same you know over the shoulder stamina based kind of combat and, it, and mm-hmm. kind of incorporate that into that world because I think you know being able to get in and out of a mech and control your and control those two things at the same time and do stuff I think would be really interesting, especially with the stuff that they do with multiplayer, like with the how the online stuff works. I think would be mm-hmm. pretty cool. That would be interesting. I never actually played any Armored Core games, so 
I, I haven't either. I've just watched like a few videos. I just, I, you know, I kind of, I'm a dude and I like a mech, like, right? <laughs> <laughs> like mechs are cool no matter, yeah. you know, how, how <laughs> um, speaking of, of online stuff, do you, do you get into a lot of the PVP? Like, obviously like your site is being used for PVP builds and, and the like, but do you do a lot of it yourself? Not really. Like I, people are kind of surprised when they hear that, like, Oh, you run Mugen monkey these days, but you don't really do a lot of PVP. Um, like I do, uh, do some, I did a fair bit in dark souls two, uh, until I got sick of that stupid bridge. Um, <laughs> in dark souls three, <clears throat> I have not done a whole lot. Uh, I, I prefer random invasions. I think that's the most fun mm-hmm. over, uh, duels or fight clubs. Uh, but I'm really bad at PVP. So since dark souls three random invasions are always gank squads, uh, wasn't the most fun for me um but you know occasionally i'll boot it up and do some pvp go to uh an orlando or or wherever and uh lose terribly 10 times until i decide <laughs> to give up yeah nothing like just you know sitting there getting summoned over and over again to a gang squad and dying 15 mm-hmm. times in a row <laughs> <laughs> yep exactly do you have a like a, a you said you kind of favor the great sword builds is that mm-hmm. is that kind of like your go-to build in all of the games uh yeah it has been like i like like usually my first build is just some heavy weapons heavy slow weapons um dark souls 3 like the heavy weapons are pretty weak and so i i think i actually enjoyed my second playthrough which was like a dex ninja character uh more than my first in terms of like the weapons and everything Mm -hmm. um I might have to try out a little bit more build variety this time. Usually I don't do sorcerers or anything like that. Uh, I'm not not as big into magic. I, uh, my first run was a pure magic build, and mm-hmm. that was not great. <laughs> <laughs> the The early game of a pure magic build is, is kind of a miserable experience. Like, That's rough. Uh, specifically, like when I f- came across the uh, Cursed Greatwood, mm-hmm. I just, at the time I was just using a raw dagger, and... <laughs> As you can imagine, trying to use a raw dagger, and there's nothing to lock onto to shoot like my spells, and and I do the thing where like, oh, I failed at a boss, so I'm gonna drop my summon sign so I can practice against the boss, so I kind of figure out what's going on, and then I go beat mm-hmm. it solo. And uh, when you get summoned, like it halves your estus, which meant that I had like no healing and no magic. Like, I had one of each. <laughs> it was just the worst. <laughs> it eventually got a little better once I switched to pyromancy, and that that scaled a lot better and seemed to do a lot mm-hmm. more damage. But uh, boy, this, that first few areas were were rough. That's why you don't use magic. That's why you don't use magic. But you know, my first character in Dark Souls 2 was a Hexer, and that mm. was mm. you know, amazing. <laughs> that was broken as hell. <laughs> Those Hexes were pretty cool. There's some cool spells in Dark Souls 2, just like yeah, visually. They- yeah, just they, they all look cool. Have you seen those videos? There's some dude that, um, man, I'm really struggling to find it too, but he like mods the game so that the spells look all like weird and crazy. Like it's almost like a, a I, music. I have not seen that. Yeah, like it, they like he does like, and he zooms the camera way out and, uh, and he'll mm-hmm. just like make these huge blue spheres and like that float around and <laughs> squiss in the air. I'll see if I can That's find cool. them. Um, let me make a note of that so I don't forget because I totally will. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever play uh, Dragon's Dogma? I didn't. I'm, I'm very regretful that I never played Dragon's Dogma. So Dragon's Dogma is pretty good. Like It's got a lot of problems, but uh, the combat is really fun. And the spells that you can cast in that game are like absolutely ridiculous. Like Dropping a 
two hundred foot tornado onto some goblins or something is is really fun. <laughs> wow, that sounds great. Yeah, I, yeah. I would recommend looking up like a Dragon's Dogma spell montage. Uh, there's some really good ones. I keep waiting for that game to come to like PS4 so that I can oh, play yeah. it. Like, especially since they released it on P- PC recently. Mm-hmm. I was like, surely, like they've got to be like they've got to port it to the new consoles. But. Yeah, but you, you never know with Capcom. Like you just mm-hmm. you don't know. yeah, seeing videos of people like climbing up the side of stuff and and killing like giant monsters. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't know why I never went to play that game. Like I think I think I might just been playing way too much Dark Souls. Yeah, <laughs> so like you, you can't approach it like it's a dark like you can't approach it like a Souls game. Um, but kind of have to let it do its own thing. But if you do, it's it's pretty fun. With regards to, like, I know you kind of mentioned it earlier with, like, some of the feeling sameness and things. I'm kind of always mm-hmm. curious to get people's opinion. Um, like, the stuff in Dark Souls 3 that calls back to Dark Souls 1, mm-hmm. I've, I've seen a lot of uh, different opinions on whether people are, like, really into that because they like Dark Souls 1 too much or whether they just kind of got, um, like, tired of it by the end of the game. Do you, mm-hmm. do, you have a, do you have a side that you land on there? Uh, so I don't really mind the callbacks too much. Um, I, Miyazaki actually did an interview, I think, with Kotaku the other day, where he was talking about how they made Dark Souls 3. He basically just said it's a sequel, so he made it feel like a sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's understandable to me. Like It's a sequel to Dark Souls 1 specifically, so it, there's going to be callbacks, there's going to be uh, references, all that kind of stuff. And that doesn't bother me all that much. Um specific like as long as it doesn't just feel like fan service uh like the first time you meet sigward like it's like oh wow it's sigward or sigmire like that's really cool but then you might think okay like might have been more interesting if they had a new character rather than just like following the exact same archetype of of sigmire uh but then once you actually do his quest and it's like pretty good especially that finale like like okay you, you know you guys convinced me that this is you still know what you're doing you're not just riffing on you know fan love of characters and everything so yeah uh, yeah it doesn't bother me too much i was lucky enough to get um both the patches thing and the cathedral of the mm-hmm. deep and mm-hmm. to finish seaward's quest line so they just like just, i just walked into a boss fight and he just showed up <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, um, hey. and that was yeah that was on my first playthrough and i, I didn't uh-huh. the only help i got with that is uh, a buddy of mine told me like oh hey like if you're there you need to go look in a well and see if anybody's in there and mm-hmm. um and i would have missed that because who would have ever gone back to that well? Like I yeah, done that. <laughs> I didn't. I actually even missed patches and uh, the cathedral of the deep, which I was really sad about. But um, oh man, I've got uh, and I don't. It wasn't published, but I was on the uh, on a party chat with a buddy of mine who was on a re- on on this show a while just recently, Brian mm-hmm. Wade, and uh, me and him both were in that area at the same time in our own separate games, just doing our thing, but like encountered that at the same time. <laughs> and we're both just like, both of us like, what the hell is he doing here? Wait, he doesn't sound right. What is this? What's oh going my on? God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, I feel like that would have been a great moment if I had actually just stumbled upon it, but yeah, it was, it's probably my favorite patches moment ever mm-hmm. across any of the games. <laughs> like it's just, it's the distillation of his whole thing. And I love it. Uh, I, I just I love patches like just uh, I don't know he's great um, yeah the only reason that I would accept that Dark Souls Two is inferior to any of the other games is because patches isn't in it <laughs> no patches I know I agreed uh, even with fun. you know Creighton and Pate they should have still put patches in yeah exactly the thing that I think is funny is like Miyazaki seems to love these certain archetypes like you've got your crestfallen warrior you've got your your level up waifu you've got like you know all of these different archetypes. 
but then there's patches. Like he's not an archetype; he's just patches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, where do you like? You mentioned Sci-Fi Souls as being kind of a direction of for the series. Like, is that kind of like your main thing that you'd like to see out of From after after they mm-hmm. get finished with all the DLC? Uh, I don't. I think well. So the thing that I want to see them do is just whatever they're going to do because I'm sure it'll be great and like I trust them to like make something awesome. But yeah, like uh, something sci-fi related I think would be really cool. Uh, like the Souls games always feel a little bit like Metroidy to me, at least Dark Souls One specifically. And I was a huge fan of like Metroid Prime way back in the day. I think that's an amazing game, and I would love to see like a similar sort of atmosphere or world uh done by from software um just because like oh metroid prime it seems to follow a lot of the the same types of things that the dark souls does where like there's not an explicit story like you have to figure it out by reading the text and paying attention to the world and it's like based on exploration and and atmosphere and all that kind of stuff and i think like a a modern take on that by by from software not not in like a first person necessarily but uh, just like, oh, I'm exploring alien worlds and flying my spaceship around space and like all that kind of stuff I think would be pretty cool. Have you uh, gone back and played some of their older first person stuff like Kingsfield or um, the one Shadow... Shadow Tower? Tower, thank you. Yeah, I have not. I, I've watched some videos of people playing them and I'm like, I... Mm, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> it looks, it'll, They look very interesting as like, like oh, this is the ancestor of the soul series and a lot of the same concepts are here, but, uh, just, just reading about the controls for the game. Oh, uh, yeah, I just, yeah. I don't think I could do it. I tried when, um, when bonfire side chat announced that they were going to cover shadow tower. Um, mm-hmm. like it was on sale at the same time on PSN for like four or five bucks. And I was like, well, that's, you know, that's impulse purchase money at that point. Mm-hmm. Like I'll, I'll take a look and yeah, looking up and down with the triggers was just horrible. <laughs> 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 And then I tried to load it up in my um, my emulator to see if I could just like remap the controls. And for some reason, like I could look down, but I could never look up again. So that mm-hmm. was dead. <laughs> so I would just look <laughs> no. straight down at my feet the entire time. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I was the same way. I looked at those and was like, no, not going to happen. One thing that really interest, interests me about those is people like love to, you know, people love Miyazaki and they love his ideas and everything. Sometimes I think people give him almost too much credit for like, inventing like everything great about this series but if you actually mm-hmm. go back to those old games and you're like a lot of these ideas from software was actually already experimenting with before you know miyazaki even worked there um he just you know took them and led them to the next level or whatever but uh they're it's definitely a collaborative effort over the years to lead to where it is Absolutely. now it's not just a, yeah all like, that all that thing. team a team b bullshit really irritates yeah. me like again, yeah, exactly. again like and and pretending that miyazaki is like the one true dude because he mm-hmm. you know <laughs> he's the one true programmer or whatever and uh <laughs> and don't get me wrong like when you hear stuff like he's the one that like led the design on the tower of latria like that mm-hmm. old world three area like is that's that's amazing. Like that was one of yeah. my favorite areas across the souls games. And that's a huge feat, but like, I don't think you can assign like the reason these games are good or because this one dude was involved. Person. Yeah. <laughs> like he, he doesn't. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I think he's a genius, but I think there's a lot of other geniuses also working on the series. Absolutely. Well, Nate, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and spending yeah. time with me. I, I really appreciated it. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, can you tell people where, on the, where to find you on the internet? Uh, so Twitter, just it's at Mugen Monkey, 
M-U-G-E-N. Um, it's probably the best way to get a hold of me. If you want to complain about the site or uh, have any feature <laughs> requests or anything, um, I'm usually pretty good at, at fixing bugs quick when I have time or, or whatever. But yeah, that's that's where you can find me. And, and definitely go check out mugamucky.com. Like you can, not only can you save your own builds, like you can browse other people's builds that have been saved. And it's, you know, if you're stuck at work and are obsessed with Dark Souls like I was for a while, like it's a great place to do some theory crafting and like try to figure <laughs> out what your next build is going to be. <laughs> yep. It's a lot of fun. Um, as always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. I'm at JG Greer on Twitter. This podcast is at DGUS Podcast on Twitter, and you can also find, email us at DGUSPodcast at gmail.com. Send me your Souls Origin story, and we'll see about getting you on the show, just like we did with Nate here. And as always, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>